Hey everybody and welcome to episode 5 of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we're talking about film. Uh, I haven't quite decided yet what I'm going to call these podcasts. Uh, I'm thinking maybe Film Fridays, uh, but I don't know if I'm going to do it every Friday. Sometimes I may do it on a Thursday. It just depends. But the plan for these ones is I'm going to give you guys a little preview of what movies are coming out this weekend, along with um, any interesting trailers that I saw throughout the week. And then finally, talk about any movies that I saw during the weekend. This week, uh, I believe it would be three movies that I'm going to be talking about. And I'm excited because two of them are movies that I haven't seen before. And then one of them is a movie that I have seen over and over and over again, but I uh, haven't seen in years. And it was awesome to rewatch this movie. So um, with that said, like I said, I don't know what else, if I'm going to call it something different. But for now, this will be Film Friday, and then the weekend will be reserved for any movies that, um, that I decide to go see on the weekend. So first off, uh, in terms of trailers, uh, I saw two fascinating trailers this week that absolutely well i'll say this one of them blew my mind and then the other one uh well technically i guess the other two uh well here's what they are so the first one is the lighthouse which is another a new a24 movie that is by robert eggers it could be robert edgers as well it's e-g-g-e-r-s he is known for directing the 2015 movie the witch which, uh, if you know me, that is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Um, that movie came out of absolutely nowhere, and uh, the only reason I had wanted to go see it in the beginning was obviously the trailer and the fact that it was an A24 movie. Most of the movies that A24 puts out are just amazing movies, and sometimes sometimes they're hit or miss, but for the most part, if you're watching one, you know that it's going to be a good movie, at least a mostly good movie, and so in this case, um, The Witch was just incredible. It was it was expertly directed. The cinematography was crazy, and um, the, the sound work was great. It was just a very, very spooky, horrible movie that while uh, you're watching it, it's really hard to sit still and uh, think of anything happy at all because you know that the family is just being terrorized by um, the witches. And uh, this movie, I expect to be no different, and specifically because of the trailer. Completely different scenario, it looks like. I don't think it's going to be exactly like The Witch. The, um, the explanation on IMDb is, the story of two lighthouse keepers on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Uh, which is interesting enough, but the whole movie, it appears to be in black and white. And those two lighthouse workers, uh, according to IMDb, are really the only two people in the movie. There's a third uh, person in the cast, but I don't want to reveal that because based on who it is, it looks like it could be a spoiler for the movie. But uh, the two lighthouse workers are Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. And if you watch this trailer, you're going to immediately see that this is a... This is going to be a turning point movie for both of these guys. It looks like they're playing uh, two crotchety lighthouse pe- people who are stuck in a lighthouse together and are going crazy, essentially. Uh, Willem Dafoe, the the lines that he has just in the trailer, I was like, holy cow, this is peak Willem Dafoe. Uh, he's, I, I love Willem Dafoe. I've seen as many movies of his that I can. Um, I loved him in um, the... Leonardo, not Leonardo da Vinci, uh, Vincent Van Gogh, the Vincent Van Gogh movie, Loving Vincent, 
and um, he was great in Aquaman, Spider-Man, uh, gosh, those are the only ones, oh, um, there was a really great movie he was in a couple years ago where he was the, um, I'm gonna just click on him so I don't lie to you guys, but um, he, oh, The Florida Project, great movie there, he was also in The Grand Budapest Hotel, and he was in Vox, he was the narrator of Vox Lux, which was a great movie with Natalie Portman, uh, oh, and it was called Not Loving Vincent, but At Eternity's Gate. It was basically a live-action Vincent movie. He was on Murder Murder in the Orient Express. He was in the live-action Netflix uh, Death Note movie, which, um, say what you will about the movie, it did not live up to the show at all, but he was great in that movie. And then, as you all know, I'm sure Robert Pattinson, he was from Twilight and uh, Good Time, another A24 movie. Uh, Florida Project is also an A24 movie. So uh, it makes sense. A A24 keeps it in the family. But like I said, just and now knowing that Robert Pattinson is going to be Batman, it just, the way that they portray him in the trailers as well, both of them, it appears that they're doing accents. Uh, I think more of, uh, I think it was not Irish, but uh, it, it could have been. I, I only watched the trailer once. But again, it, it's a it's a tight movie. Like, or when you're watching the trailer, you you get kind of claustrophobic for for a bit, just because th- the way the trailer is cut, it's very tense, is what I'll say. And uh, it looks like this movie already came out because it's killing it on IMDb. It's at a 91 meta, meta score, and only 549 people have reviewed it, but it's at an 8.2, which is pretty pretty impressive. This movie comes out October 18th of this year. And then um, the second one that I saw was a movie called 1917, which comes out uh, December 25th of this year. So clearly both of those movies, more so this one, are gearing up for the Oscars. This movie is about two young British soldiers during the First World War that are given an impossible mission. Deliver Deliver a message deep in enemy territory that will stop their own men and Blake's own brother from walking straight into a deadly trap. And uh, if that sounds a little bit confusing, the trailer actually explains all of that. There's a character in the trailer played by uh, the amazing Colin Firth. And he's basically telling these two soldiers, he says, like, hey, I have a mission for you guys. I need you to go across enemy lines and tell our men to, like, bail on what they're about to do. Because if you don't and they don't they don't bail, then they're all going to die. And there's 1,600 people that will die, including one of those two soldiers' brothers. And the reason that this movie interested me, the only reason, is because it reminded me a little bit of Dunkirk in the way that the cinematography was. I am not a huge fan of war movies, particularly movies that are in World War I and World War II. And the reason for that is because I feel like there have been a lot of them that I've seen. And, and it, it almost feels like unless the movie is going to tell some brand new side of this story, it feels like those that sort of stuff has been done before. So, I mean, you just off the top of my head, besides Dunkirk, uh, Saving Private Ryan... The um, letters from Iwo Jima and uh, what was the other one? He did the back-to-back. Flags of Our Fathers. And then um, the the fiddler, not the fiddler on the roof, the pianist. Schindler's List. I mean, the list goes on and on. And uh, so unless these movies introduce something new, I, I kind of just like, eh, I'm, I'm not in a huge hurry to see them. And uh, this movie, just the way, check out the trailer because the way that it's filmed 
is it, it looks like Dunkirk. It even does the little the the clock ticking because obviously time's running out. So I'm not trying to say I'm rooting for this movie to be exactly like Dunkirk. I just want, I love those movies where the camera work is something that stands out alone, where you go, wow, you know, the way that this movie was filmed was really good. And I, I really, it looks like that. Plus this actor is really interest, interesting me. So it looks like it's going to be Richard Madden, who's going to be in The Eternals. And then um, the other guy's name is George McKay. And I... I feel like I've seen him before. He was he was uh, Bodovan from Captain Fantastic, which was a great movie. And it looks like he was in a, maybe an animated Peter Pan movie. Uh, I haven't seen him often, but the way that he looks in the movie, the way he's like his eyes are, they it almost looks like he's constantly either scared, and I don't know if that's him trying to do it, but it, it's just got this really mesmerizing look to it where I was just like, whoa, like what's going on with this guy? I need to check out this movie. And also, Mark Strong is in this movie, and Benedict Cumberbatch. So if uh, if you haven't gotten enough Doctor Strange in your life, this could be a good way for you to get a little more. But the other uh, trailer I was going to discuss as well, I, I saw 1917 and this trailer in front of the, um, the movie I saw last weekend, Hobbs and Shaw. And uh, that was Tenet by um, Christopher Nolan. And the trailer is probably a minute long maybe even less. It's got, um, what's his last name is Washington. He was in Black Klansman. Uh, and I just found out he's the son of uh, Denzel Washington. So I I don't even know what to think about that. But in this, it's uh, John David Washington. But it looks like Aaron Taylor Johnson's in this movie. Robert Pattinson's in this movie. So we got a, a Pattinson double feature on this episode of Comics and Cinema. And Elizabeth Debicki, she is awesome and oh of course who, who else do you think is in this movie uh let's just take a quick poll when Chris, when christopher nolan makes a movie who's the first person that he calls who's the person he's probably even creating the movie with he's that close with um michael kane how cool is that that's awesome kenneth branagh is also in this movie as is it looks like those are all the uh claimants posey as well, if any of you know, oh, she was in In Bruges, and oh, she played Floor Delacour in the Harry Potter movies. This is going to be an interesting movie, and uh, if you guys can't tell, this is the first time I've actually looked up the stuff on IMDb. So I'm, uh, this is my my reaction to it. That's, I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. I think there's very few people that aren't, and um, this movie has been uh, shrouded in a lot of mystery up until literally last weekend. No one knew anything about this movie besides that the name was Tenet, and uh, they essentially, uh, I heard that he surprised and put this trailer in front of Hobbs and Shaw because he is such a huge fan of The Rock, and um, while that's obviously not true, um, well, actually, it's not confirmed. I, I made that up. But he did put it in front of this, and then I, what I heard was that he changed the passwords on Universal's login or something. For, for So he basically put, put the trailer up and then locked it down with a different password so that no one could go on and um, like take it down, I think. Uh, whatever it was, you know, he he does some some cool things, but Christopher Nolan's a genius. Um, for for the one person on here, maybe maybe it's two who don't know who Christopher Nolan is. He did the Dark Knight trilogy. He did Memento. Um, he did oh man, it's the the list. Uh, Prestige. He did Inception, and then he did Interstellar and Dunkirk. 
And every single movie has been, and I may be missing a few, but every movie that he's done is just, it's been, they've been wild rides. I mean, just, just Inception and Interstellar alone, both of those movies are in my top 10 movies of all time. Just those two by themselves. And that's not to say for all the others. And who knows, maybe Tenant's going to jump up there as well. And uh, we'll see though. We'll see. But from there, we'll go over the movies that are coming out this weekend. So these are movies uh, premiering this weekend. Some of them it, look, it probably came out beforehand, but depending on your theater or what movies are coming out in your theater, it could be a little different. This is kind of what's coming out around me just based on IMDb. And those movies are, what was it? Oh, it's Dora the Explorer. For any of you looking, uh, any of you Dora fans out there, um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which is based off of the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark book. And uh, I've seen that trailer a couple times, and it looks really scary and very dark. And there are definitely stories in that movie. So if you liked that book growing up, if you were scared by that book growing up, either get out to the theater this weekend and check that movie out, or maybe don't because you're too scared. And that's that is fine. That's absolutely fine. I've read a couple reviews, and that's what they said. It's it's pretty scary. Um, the art of dan the the art of dancing in the rain. The art of racing in the rain with. Uh, um, America's favorite Milo uh, Ventimiglia along with Kevin Costner playing the dog and Amanda Seyfried so at this point you can kind of guess that this is probably one of those feel-good romantic movies where the dog oh man I mean you just pull it up on your IMDb app on your phone the poster is of an old dog and when you click on the top for the trailer it's a young dog so you can guess what's going to happen in this movie right uh right Right, guys? The dog is going to die at the end, and, and it's going to be really sad. Um, yeah. Uh, the Farewell technically didn't come out this weekend, but for me, I'm going to actually be seeing this movie uh, this weekend. I, I'm going to do my best to see it because I was going to see it earlier this week, and plans ended up changing, but I really want to see this movie. Uh, Aquafina's in it as, long as, as well as C. Ma, Diana Lin, and Gil Perez-Abraham. And um, it's a movie about a Chinese family that discovers their grandmother has only a short while left to live and decide to keep her in the dark, scheduling a, we a wedding to gather before she dies. So I'm really fascinated by this movie because not only is it a, um, I mean, it's, it's almost a full Asian cast and the director is Lulu Wang. But um, beyond that, the concepts that they're talking about in this movie are really interesting. So if, if you find out and, and what it is you see it in the trailer, I believe, is that the grandmother has cancer. And so I guess they're keeping that information from her. They're keeping the truth from her so that she doesn't get upset. So parents and what parents, people, they would say that it's okay to tell a white lie to their kids in, in order for them to do something. Or in this case, you know, in order for them to not be scared about something. So if they're, they're afraid of something, you know, you may tell them a harmless little lie to um, keep them in the dark. Well, technically, this is the exact same thing. You're, it's just the reverse. Your kids are doing it to you. So um, if you're wondering if that's something that's okay or not, I'm sure this movie is going to deal with that about why would you keep something so horrible from um, the one you love, especially if, you know, if maybe if she knew about it, she'd start doing things that she wished she had done in her life. I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see. But um, those kind of concepts are really interesting to me and um, makes me excited to see this movie. Plus, Aquafina sounds like she's giving a great performance in this one. And just based on the trailer, she's playing a kind of different character than she is in her other uh, movies because she's typically a comedic role. And um, in this, it does not appear that she's doing that. And um, I am here for it, and I'm totally okay with that. And then 
oh, there's I feel like there's one more movie that uh, came out this week, and um, I'm not sure what it is though. Oh, Peanut Butter Falcon, the Peanut Butter Falcon, and there's one other. It was actually that and the Kitchen, but the Peanut Butter Falcon is about uh, the premise. It says Zach runs away from his care home to make his dream of becoming a wrestler come true, and it has Shia LaBeouf and Dakota Johnson, and I believe it's quote-unquote introducing Zach Gotzigan, who is, uh, I believe he's a, a guy with Down syndrome. And so Shia, I guess, really wanted to make this movie with him, said he was a really great actor, and that. Um, and so I'm really interested to see how that goes because um, there's not a lot of representation for that in theater, so that could make for a really interesting movie. Plus, who doesn't want to go see Shia LaBeouf? He's phenomenal. Are you kidding me? Louis Stevens? come on and then uh, like i said the kitchen which uh yikes guys it's not getting good reviews but um as i always as my brother always says and i've adopted that phrase is uh don't judge a movie by its reviews just go see the movie for yourself and judge it on your own merits uh this is that movie of the wives of new york gangsters in hell's kitchen in the 1970s continue to operate their husband's rackets after they're locked up in prison it is melissa mccarthy tiffany haddish and elizabeth moss uh directed by andrea burloff and uh looks like dom hall gleason's in it james badge dale brian darcy james there's uh, there's a lot of uh, great actors in here, and it's uh, it seemed interesting. I mean, that's an interesting concept for sure. If they can pull it off, it looks like it's based on a DC book. Maybe it was I think it was a DC Vertigo comic book. I have not read that comic book, but um, I don't know if this movie's gonna make me want to at all. But we'll see. We'll absolutely see. Like I said, I did want to give it a shot just because I'm a huge I'm a fan of Tiffany Haddish. I'm a fan of Melissa McCarthy. And uh, I'm also a fan of Elizabeth Moss. And I would say probably in that order, uh, Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish um, would probably go back and forth, but um, definitely more so than Elizabeth Moss. So those are the movies that are coming out this weekend. And um, like I said, check some out. Uh, I'll try and post any reviews of the ones that I do see. If you see something I don't, let me know how it is. I would love to hear you guys' thoughts. And um, so we're going to get into the main bit of this, which is uh, those three movies. So the first movie is a movie I saw I watched last night. Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and I believe that's a bad in um, a bad impression of Monty Python and the Flying Circus. But uh, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, when I was younger, uh, I myself, my brother, my cousins, I think mean both my brothers, we uh, we watched the hell out of this movie. We were obsessed with this movie. And that was because we were obsessed with Monty Python in the, in the Flying Circus. So we actually saw Flying Circus before we watched any of their movies, which I know is not typical for many people um, because most people my age probably saw Holy Grail at some point and then watched like Life of Brian and The Meaning of Life, maybe the show. But uh, we we loved the show, so there's you know we loved all those skits growing up. Like uh, I think our, my favorite one at least was the dead parrot skit. Um, that one and the Ministry of Silly Walks was great. The uh, God, it's 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 tough for me to pick out the exact um, skits because I just know it's the purple portion of the DVDs. That's the that's the portion that I had, and I, I loved those the whole skit. I, w- I would watch that um, late at night all the time. But then we found out, oh my oh my goodness, Monty Python made a movie, and uh, so the Holy Grail was watched, and then again and again and again and again. It's just it's one of those perfect comedy movies because it flips the entire 
premise of comedy on its head. It it makes fun of itself. It breaks the fourth wall long before Deadpool did. It God, and even just rewatching it now as an adult and knowing all the things that I know, I, I saw it in completely different eyes last night too. Seeing a lot of those scenes where um, I know, like for instance, I never got when I watched it when I was younger. I never got that Sir Galahad was uh, his, his name was Sir Galahad the Chase, and I think at that point. Uh, in my life, I did not know what that word meant at the time, and so I think it. I, I just thought that he was fleeing, like he was being chased, and uh, so I never really got the whole that during his portion of the movie he had to deal with temptation on his own. So that was really interesting. And then the in that in that portion of the movie was a breaking the fourth wall scene where um, one of the nurse Zoot. Um, like to start talking to the audience, asking how they've liked the movie so far. And I was just like, this is incredible. And same with the, uh, the subtitles at the beginning of the movie when they're played. Uh, when I was younger, I hated that. I was like, why can you please just start this movie? I was always like, this movie is short enough as it is. It doesn't even get finished at the end because the police arrest everybody, which when's the last movie that you've watched? When's that happened in that movie? Because I can guarantee you it's probably never. I, I can't think of a single movie where the uh, British police stop the movie mid-film and the movie just ends. The The trail runs cold. And it's just the fact that this movie was made in 1975 and the fact that all of these actors are working at their prime, all of them are hilarious. Every single one of them has the time to shine in the movie both as playing all of the knights that they play and then all the side characters. One of my favorite characters in the in the movie is uh, Tim, the um, the sorcerer, because I just, and as a kid and even last night, I was laughing my butt off because just him throwing the explosions at every single rock and then, um, you are searching for the grail and uh, talking about the, the bunny, the, the rabbit, Oh my God. And even that rabbit scene, that, that I think was the one that always made us laugh so much when we were younger. And it's still good. The, the little quips that they do and, um, the, what's his name? I think Graham, I believe it's Graham Chapman. Yeah. King Arthur. Um, Graham Chapman is so funny in this movie and he's really ahead of his time because a lot of the jokes that he says in here, like when he is trying to recruit, um, the Black Knight to join the Knights of the Round Table, and he's like, doesn't even answer, and he says, well, you make me sad, and I was like, I guess maybe when I was a kid, not necessarily didn't get it, but I feel like these days, people say that sort of stuff all the time, like, oh, that makes me sad, and, uh, but he was saying it way before it was cool, back in 1975, and just a lot of the other skits that they had in there are great, the one where King Arthur is trying to find out where Camelot is, and the peasants are talking with him about different forms of government and how uh, the inherent flaws in a monarch system. It just, again, the entire movie is ahead of its time. In comedy, in just the way that it was filmed, it it looks like it's an axe, but it's also separated by um, transition pieces, kind of like... Uh, there's the the cartoon transition pieces, but then they did real life transition pieces like the priests who are doing the chant and banging the the wood piece on their head. There's a cartoon version of that. Then there's a live version of that. And then there's one where they're all jumping off a cliff. And then when the holy hand grenade gets pulled out to fight the rabbit, um, they're saying the same chant. So it just it the way that they tied everything together was great. 
And um, like I said, I love this movie. It's probably one of the best comedies of all time. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that thought. And I'm shocked now looking. I wanted to point this out too, just as an interesting factoid, because um, when I was watching it last night, I did not notice this before. Okay, the movie is rated PG. That's um, that's parental guidance is suggested. That's for you know most animated movies can get away with a PG rating. This movie's PG, and um, there's definitely some swear words. There's definitely some nudity, and um, uh, definitely themes for I guess higher than PG. Though um, my my father always said that PG is worse than PG-13, and we would always have to correct him, but in my head, I still laugh whenever I see PG because I think, yikes, that one's worse than PG-13. But in this case, it could be. What I noticed last night was at the very end of the movie when they're trying to get into the castle to get the Holy Grail, right before the movie ends and they get arrested, the French guys are throwing things at them over the roof and there's one there's an actor on there and you can't really hear them all talking but if you i bet you if you turn the volume up you can hear it he says the f word at least four times and he just keeps saying like different swear words and i think obviously because they're yelling at the knights down below but i just was like whoa i never noticed that so i I guess i was more into the comedy at that point um so yeah like i said i love that movie and then um these next two movies are movies that i've seen for i saw for the first time both of which uh, I saw this week, and both of which are actually foreign films, which are, uh, I love watching foreign films because I love seeing how people outside of the U.S. make movies, because there's always, like, there's always different touches, and in this case, um, I think both of these movies are, actually, they're from different ones. The first movie is from Japan, and this movie is called A Silent Voice, and it came out uh, back in 2016. It's an animated movie, and uh, I'd wanted to see it for a while. I had it on my watch list because the um, the description had really interested me. And the description is, A young man is ostracized by his classmates after he bullies a deaf girl to the point where she moves away. Years later, he sets off on a path for redemption. And yeah, that's exactly what happens in this movie. It It's rare, at least for me, and I would love to hear if you agree with me or not, but it's rare these days that an American animated movie has a powerful message. And it's not its not a diss, because there are a lot of animated movies out there that do have powerful messages. It just seems like recently the, the animated movies that have been out, especially ones that are the, um, well, I guess the animated movies that we make most of the time, Americans, are... Um, like CGI ones and that like a like a video game almost like uh, Horton Hears a Who they just they just did that one the Lorax uh, and I don't know why those were the first ones that came to my head but Angry Birds um, Ugly Dolls uh, Secret Life of Pets Secret Life of Pets 2 um, Trolls Trolls 2 Smurfs 1 2 3 and 4 Alvin and the Chipmunks 1 2 3 and 4 they just they and they they try to like the troll the troll movie because I I saw the first troll movie, um I saw the first Secret Life of Pets, and they just they try to have a good message. The message is usually like you know be a good person or help out your friends, and those are all great messages. But it's 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 almost like they're scratching the surface. And what I love about animated movies, or in this case anime movies, movies um Asian animated movies, is it seems like they go much deeper. And they dive into topics that I think Hollywood is kind of scared to talk about only because 
it wouldn't it wouldn't be something that would get people out in theaters and you know there's that's just the way that it is hollywood's a business they've got to make money and if there's a movie i you would think that if this kind of movie should be in a theater but i think they've seen maybe at this point that that movie isn't going to perform very well and maybe they wouldn't make it i you know i don't know and there have been but just in this example so it's 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 so good. The movie starts out with um, them in kind of like elementary school or middle school, and they uh, again this deaf girl is a new student in the class, and this kid and a couple of other people are making fun of her, which is really sad to watch. And again, that's why it's a it's kind of a tough movie to watch, only because they don't pull back on the bullying, and um, it's kind of sad because it's mean. There's one girl who's really mean to her for no reason at all because she's just insecure about herself, I assume. Um, they don't really go into it in much detail but um, because the main story is about her and him. But So that, that happens, and then he, like I said, he gets ostracized, and she leaves. She actually transfers schools because um, she can't take it anymore, and you know who blames her. But then the movie fast forwards to when they're all in high school, so it's assumed to be like maybe 10 years later. And they, um, he's, it's just really cool to see he's trying to make amends. And he's like, he learns a little bit of sign language and is trying to talk to her. And she actually likes him, and but doesn't know how to say it. And he kind of likes her as well, but feels so guilty for what he did. And eventually it comes to a head towards the very end of the movie. And I won't spoil what happens, but all I'll say is, um, it's a happy ending for sure. And interestingly enough, it it's a happy ending. I mean, the movie is focused more on him. And so it's, it's the perfect ending for him. And it, it, it leaves him in a great spot. And I almost cried when I was getting to the end because it was, it was powerful. He, it's just, it's great to see somebody acting human because as a human, most people either say things they don't mean, do things they don't mean, or... Um, in cases like this, bully people, and um, it's nice to see a movie deal with somebody who feels remorse for that, because oftentimes in movies, when someone is the bully, it's because, uh, you know, oh, it's because their parents were doing something to them in the movie or whatnot, and now they're kind of like, uh, you know, the the brother in Stranger Things, or, um, God, there's been some, there's some good bullies in, in the Hollywood movies, but in this case, instead of growing up to be a horrible person like a lot of these characters are, he's growing up trying to be a better person, and you get to watch his path and follow his journey as he's doing that. And so I would highly recommend seeing A Silent Voice if you haven't seen it. Um, It's available, and so again, I want to preface, all three of these movies are on Netflix right now. So if you have a Netflix subscription, you can check out Monty Python, you know, for a hundredth time, check out Silent Voice for a first time, or you can check out The Wandering Earth, which is the third movie. And real quickly, though, before I jump there, I just want to give some credit where credit is due. Um, The director of A Silent Voice is Naoko Yamada, and the writers are, uh, well, Yoshitoki Oima is, it was actually, it looks like it was based off a manga, and uh, Riko Yoshida did the screenplay. Um, And again, that movie was from Japan. The Wandering Earth is from China. And that movie came out this year. That actually came out earlier this year. And the reason that I wanted to check this movie out, and I almost, I was so close to seeing it in theaters, was because um, because it made so much money in China. It was insane. Um, 
I'm looking it up right now just so I can get you the exact number. But I, I it was holding. I think it is holding the. So so here's where it's at. Okay, so um, it has made as of now, and I don't even think I don't think it's in theaters anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No longer in theaters, and it's a bummer because it almost made seven hundred million dollars, which is incredible. It's a, a number one hundred and seventeen, one hundred and seventeenth all time worldwide gross. And uh, what's what was impressive so much about this was so it made six hundred and ninety nine million dollars, and six hundred and ninety three million dollars of that was foreign money. It only made five million, five point eight million here in the U.S., uh, which is just insane. And it only premiered in Australia, China, Hong Kong, New Zealand, and South Korea. And Hong Kong, I mean, I guess you could argue that it's part of China, but I don't think it's counted that way by Box Office Mojo. But of that amount, $693 million. In China, it made $690 million. So it only made three, um, technically only made about $8 million in anywhere but China. And to me, that just, I was like, I've got to check this out for myself. Because I think, here, I'm going to check out China yearly box office. Um, I, I think it's, yeah, it's number one. It has, it. the Wandering Earth made more money in China than Avengers Endgame. And there's no there's no other movie that's made more than that in China. Um, you've got a movie, you got Crazy Alien, Pegasus, Spider-Man Far From Home made 203 million. Pegasus, not familiar with it, made 255. Crazy Alien made 327. A, and I'm going to try, I'm spelling, sounding this out, but it's, Ni Jaji Mo Tong Jiang Shi made 338 million, and then Avengers Endgame made 614 million, and Wandering Earth made 690. So that is the number one movie in China this year. And I was like, oh, I want to, I want to check that out and see what, why is everyone wanting to go see that movie? And I, I totally get why. It's a good movie. The movie is the plot is as the sun is dying out. People all around the world build giant planet thrusters to move Earth out of its orbit and sail Earth to a new star system. Yet, the 2,500-year journey comes with unexpected dangers. And in order to save humanity, a group of young people in this age of a wandering Earth fight hard for the survival of mankind, humankind. Director is Frant Guo, or GWO. Writers are Gong Gear, Junse Yi, and it stars, uh, and I think there may have been only one person I recognized in it, but uh, not all of them. If any of you know him, Jing Wu, Chu Xiao, Ko Ku, and Guang Ji Li. Man, if I'm going to watch any more foreign movies, I'm going to need to start getting better at pronouncing these names. I apologize if I'm butchering them. But um, like I said, I thought it was a really good movie. The movie is essentially a, a really f- sci-fi concept of the the they are anticipating the earth the earth was going to end essentially in a hundred years and in 300 years the sun was going to just swallow the entire solar system up and um so they're like they, uh, it was cool f- to see that in a movie um where people are teaming up they show all the governments decided to put their differences aside and create the uh, united world government and their plan was we can build these giant uh, planet thrusters on 10,000 of them. So they build these giant, like, 
I don't even know what the size of they are. They're, they're like bigger than buildings. They're huge. And they're just giant thrusters. 10,000 of them all over the Earth that are going to just thrust Earth into the solar system to search for a new Earth. And they, they said that they found a solar system that could have Earth inhabit it. And it's 2,500 years away. That It's like... I don't know what it was like 10 point something light years. It's a long time, but it was cool because in the beginning and end of the movie, they kind of go over the, the, the strategy of it. And when you hear it, it's just hard to, your brain can't even fathom it. They say something like, um, you know, the first hundred years are the planet thrusting towards Jupiter, and then it will slingshot past Jupiter and spend the next thousand years traveling through empty space and during that time, the thrusters are going full speed. And he's like, for the next thousand years, the thrusters will be shut off and slowly slowed down so that the re-entry of the planet into the new solar system, it doesn't like fly around it. Really cool science stuff. But I was just like, wow, that's a thousand years. And so the plan was essentially they built underground refuge cities um, underneath all of these thrusters so you know everyone can live while the planet's traveling through space because most of above the the surface is uninhabitable and um, so the the crux of the movie is eventually and when the movie stars or is is about it follows this kid in the beginning whose dad works on the space station and his dad has been tasked with being on the international space station that is essentially leading the planet so it's flying in front of the planet and um and he full time like is gone he's gone so the beginning of the movie deals with that of his son you know no dad don't go i have to go and um he says something like, look up at the stars and count down from three, two, one, and you'll see me. And um, the end of the movie is kind of the same. And I won't spoil the ending, but um, what happens is they're traveling, the Earth is traveling towards Jupiter as planned. But what happens is they didn't they didn't calculate something properly and basically they're gonna Jupiter will destroy them. Like they're gonna fly too close to Jupiter and due to the uh, the, you know, the danger of Jupiter, the science of the planet, whatever you want to call it, it's essentially going to just eliminate the entire planet. It'll just incinerate the planet. And so they're trying to figure out, oh crap, how can we, you know, get out of this? And so obviously they're scientists and they they do their best to try and figure it out. But it's, it's just a good movie about human survival and, um, in a sense, a feel good movie about the world finally teaming up for something because in, in, uh, Sometimes it's tough these days to to have everyone united. And again, I, I'm not making this a political podcast. I promised my dad I wouldn't, and I'm not going to. So uh, just check out the movie instead. And uh, and yeah, like I said, it's not in theaters, but it's on Netflix. And uh, yeah, so those are the three movies that I saw this week. And um, like I said, I'm hoping to have um, to watch a movie or two this weekend and, and give you guys some reviews on those movies as well. But for now, this is Alex Klein and you've been listening to comics and cinema. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.